attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. All right, Entree Architect community, welcome to the backstage area of Context and Clarity. Every Thursday afternoon on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I and our live audience talk with a special guest to search for clarity around the things that matter most to you, the architect, no matter what your context is. You may be the employee of a firm dreaming of doing your own thing, or maybe you've had a firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. Every week we cover topics that fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture, and they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host, Catherine McPhail, and I had with a special guest. Or will it be guests? from the Context and Clarity community. All of this to break down last week's Context and Clarity live conversation. So thanks for joining us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in the Context and Clarity live conversation to our own businesses. Let's get into it. All right, welcome to Context and Clarity backstage. This is the time where we get to uh, analyze the breakdown to give our biggest takeaways from our context and clarity live conversation that we just had with Brian McCartney. Brian's the co-founder of ArcMark. He's an SEO. He's as a self-proclaimed archig geek. And we had a great conversation with Brian about SEO, about content for websites and architects websites in general. And what we like to do after those Context and Clarity Live conversations is come backstage with a special guest who nobody knows who it is until this uh, podcast episode is published. But we are joined tonight by Nicole Lindman. Nicole, welcome. 
glad that you're here with us tonight and uh, glad that uh, we're going to get this opportunity to break down the conversation with Brian and figure out what it meant to everybody. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I'm also joined, as usual, by Catherine McPhail, the co-host of Context and Clarity Live. Catherine's joining us from Boston. Nicole's joining us from Arizona. I'm joining from Indianapolis, Indiana, so we're all over the place, um, which is one of the fascinating things about this, uh, about the, these tools that we have at our disposal. Welcome, Catherine. Glad that you're here as well to keep us in line, keep the wheels on the bus <laughs> moving forward. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, I think I take the wheels off the bus in this version. Well, I if don't do much to keep them on, I don't think. Okay, well, if that's what uh, if you're going to take the wheels off, then take the wheels off. That's fine. Okay. So right. the the um, you know Brian was talking about which is which is especially he's talking about SEO and and websites and, and content. Um, started out with an explanation. I think fairly easy to understand explanation of what SEO was. He talked about three, uh, how did he say it? Three, three tiers, I think, of SEO. The sort of the back mm-hmm. of house, the more technical uh, was, was the first one. The second one was um, the content on your website. And the third was basically the offsite things, the, the backlinks, um, which I don't know about anybody else, but that helps me understand a little bit better what this is all about. Yeah, I know that's one of those things where I've never really looked into too much and never really put a focus on any of that. Um, I know we're working on tweaking our website and some of that stuff. And this year, um, our firm has kind of gone through a rebranding. We've been transitioning. I took over ownership of um, my firm at the beginning of this year and we're kind of going through rebranding, trying to figure out our identity this year. And I know I've done the build your brand courses. I've um, done some of the challenges that have been through Entre Architect and through Context and Clarity. And there've been a lot of, a lot of information on this type of topic of how to deal with the branding and how to, what we should have on our websites and how to kind of put that information out there and the SEOs is one of those ones that's kind of like the back piece of that as we're trying to figure things out. So I know we're just now kind of, I've just now gotten to the point where I kind of know our identity of where I want things to go and what we want our future to be. And so now we're trying to go through and figure out how to put that information out there. Um, We're in the middle of tweaking our website, have not done anything on content creation, never until a couple months ago, never really would have thought that I should or could or, need to, um, but I'm starting to get more convinced on some of that. Um, never really thought about the SEO stuff too much. I'm like Brian was talking about, I'm one of those people that most of my work comes from referrals. Yeah, you're, um, pretty, you're pretty niche down, aren't you, right, Nicole? I mean, you do a certain yeah. thing and you're known for that. And yeah, we have, we kind of specialize in fuel stations and convenience stores. And that's, and because that is such a niche market, it does help getting the word of mouth more and the referral base. But that also keeps us very limited to one type of client and one location. And so now as we're kind of, we're starting to get our systems in place in the office where more of my team is they're getting the knowledge to do more things on their own um, that we're, 
more comfortable with the ideas of trying to branch out a little bit more, staying within our niche, but maybe geographically moving out of that a little bit more, or at least trying to market as opposed to just word of mouth and bring some more of those ideal clients into our firm. Right. So the talk with, I, what Brian was talking about with all the SEO stuff and everything too, I, that does make a difference in trying to do that. And so we're trying to figure out as we're going through this, what type of stuff we should utilize and how it could benefit us as we're trying to get beyond just the word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I should have asked at the beginning, what, where, what's the name of your firm and where are you located, Nicole? Um, so our firm is KE Design LLC and we are in Tempe, Arizona. Um, our rebranding at the beginning of the year previously our, was our firm was K Engineering and Design. Um, and up until a couple of years ago, it was me and my predecessor, Zig. He started the company in 1992. So it's been around for several years with that um, niche all the way through. And he's taught me a lot in the years that I was working for him. Um, he's slowing down on the work side and trying to move into the retirement with the exception of the times I drag him back into work. Uh, um, it's, it's so nice, we're kind of nice going through. Leave him alone most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. I got to keep life interesting for him, though. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm guessing he's not going to be fully satisfied just dropping out all of a sudden. So, um, yeah. You know, I, I think I, I was chuckling as he said it because I knew where this was going. But Brian mentioned the, the book from Marcus Sheridan, uh, They Ask You Answer, which I read it when it first came out. I think... Um, I want to say 2013 or before, and then he he re-released it, a revised edition in 2019, which I just finished a week or two ago. And I I was convinced then, I'm more convinced now that that book, you know, for everything that Brian said and everything that Brian talked about, there's some really technical stuff, tags and all all this back-end, back-of-house stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't want to deal with that. I would rather hire somebody to deal with that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could do a good job of messing that up. But for the rest of it, this um, this they ask you answer book. It's a it's a really understandable, simple framework for doing a lot of what Brian said, and I mean, it's right in the title: answering your ideal client ideal clients' questions. Which ones to answer, how to answer them, et cetera. And it, it gives you a nice framework. And I think a book like that, to me, it, it's one of the, it's a, it's almost a guidebook. And, uh, you know, I, I recommend it to anybody that's listening to this, anybody that joined Context and Clarity Live earlier, because you could sit down and go, just go step by step through it. Okay. We need this piece of content, this piece of content, this piece of content. Um, Marcus makes a strong argument for controlling all of it in-house, which is I think is interesting. And he even talks about the people you need to hire to uh, to do that. But um, but you know whether you do it in-house or or you uh, hire hired out, I guess having the information that you're ideal clients are looking for right there on your website is exactly what Google wants to happen, exactly what they reward. So 
um, whether whether we like the Google controlling mm. everything or not. It's there, whether we want it or not. It's there. Yeah, I guess I don't mean to complain too much about the Google. Just Google, and since you're listening right now, <laughs> um, you know, always what, listening. What I have an assistant. I have an assistant who does 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 the SEO for my um, like the back channel or whatever it is, however you put it. So supposedly she does that. And then I asked her, well, what are you doing? Like, don't worry about it. Okay. So is there any way I can see it? I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'm pretty sure she's not going to. But I mean, is uh, I, you know, it, all of our photos are supposed to be captioned, but not in the, I mean, what it's is she written. doing? Do you... And then she said that there was like H1, H2, H3, H4 down the page as it goes down the page. I don't have any idea what that is, so I just have to believe her because I don't have the time to go do it myself. What's your What's your website built on? In WordPress? Yeah, I think it's WordPress. Yeah. So my guess is she's using probably Yoast SEO plugin, or there's another really popular one on uh, uh, on WordPress. And it's it's mm-hmm. almost like it's almost like filling out a form, and it, and it kind of Yoast. I've used Yoast in the past. I'm not on WordPress anymore. Um, I, I want to see. The, I hear you're supposed to be off of WordPress now. It's not a place to be. Well, it's it's still a lot of SEO people will say WordPress is better um, for for you know re- technical reasons that they have, but but for me. Um, I want to know less and less about about the back end. I mean, I yeah. I gave this example the other day. I used to be able to not not that I know a lot about cars, but I used to be able to work on cars that I've had in the past. You know, do do you know change a motor for windshield wipers or change spark plugs or something like that? And then I bought a Mini Cooper, and I opened the hood and I looked in and went, nope. And I closed it. I said, I don't ever want to. Looking there again, um, too small, too compact, too complicated. And then I bought another <laughs> Cooper. Um, and I've gotten to that point with the website. I don't, I don't want to dig into the the guts of the website or worry about you know things, all of those things being updated. So I use Squarespace now. Uh, just my something that I like. Um, but she could very well be using. I think you said she, right? Your assistant. She's yeah, of course she's a she. Uh, okay, um, she could very well be using something like Yoast. That, like I said, it, it basically on the screen it kind of looks like a form, and it, it grades you, gives you red light, green light, yellow light, um, and you can apply that to the the images and the text and everything. So I don't know. She's taking care of all that. I guess I just have to trust her. Well, hopefully you can hopefully trust your Hopefully she's using some of the repellent SEO that I'm hoping for. Repellent. Well, Brian said there's no repellent SEO. Yeah, I figure my brain is filled with all the things that I need to know. The That de- type of detail on the website is stuff that I don't need to know. Right. Um, and the website we have at this point, um, when I first started working with Katie and having her come into our firm a year and a half ago, go that was one of the first things i had her do was revamp our website which it was the first website she ever built so she didn't know either but 
she was willing to spend the time looking in how to do it. Um, and so now that we're starting to get a little bit more knowledgeable about what we're doing and things, we're going through and trying to retweak our website, but there's still, I don't know that I want to know everything on it. I just kind of like look at it and be like, yep, I want that picture there. And yep, that looks good or that sounds good. And that doesn't. And beyond that, I don't really care because my brain needs to focus on other things. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to talk to Brian about tomorrow? <clears throat> Find out what you need to care about? Maybe. Um, How did you get an appointment with him? Oh, I have. I hadn't haven't actually finished filling it out, but on his website there is a scheduling for the initial phone calls. So you did that during Context and Clarity today because you were yeah. so convinced. At least for the initial conversation and see what he thinks of our website and our SEO and our stuff and what he thinks we should be doing. I know some of the discussions that I had with him when we were in Ecclestock, um, kind of were interesting in some of the things. And I know um, he had some ideas on directions I should be going with some of it too. So I figure it may not be bad to get a... Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't call him. Nicole. I was just yeah, wondering if... I figure was... it might be good to get that direct conversation. Yeah. I just, I think that's a great, com- that's a great commercial for context and clarity for future guests. <laughs> Our audience sign up for calls with you during... Yeah. The time right. that you're on live. I wonder, you know, have you ever asked any of them how many leads they get from being on our show? I have not. I was just thinking about Nikita. Um, mm-hmm. And, Nikita you know, Morrell. we did an episode with her, Nikita Morell. And I'm wondering what... Obviously, she looks at websites. Mm-hmm. And she kind of focuses more on the content, rather. Yeah, she's she copywriter. Or content, mm-hmm. rather than calling it SEO. Yeah, we debated whether we could reach out and hire her too, and we kind of like, hmm, who's the best person for what we're doing, and should we hire somebody to redo our website for us? Should we hire somebody to look at the content or the yeah the content creation part of it and what we could be doing on that side and not so much on the website side of it? Um, Right. Which of the various like everybody that's kind of been on here holds different pieces of or specialties in it. So who's going to be the best for which part? Yeah, or do you need to sit down and develop an overall marketing strategy before you do any of that? That that would be. <laughs> and who would we call for that that we've had on if we wanted to just cobble together a helping team? Uh, for that that we've had on, um, mm-hmm. that's a good question. Marketing strategy. We've had we had that six weeks in a row of marketers, so we should be able to mm-hmm. come up with something. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to uh, think about that for a minute. Well, I know I. I We've gone through like the build your brand course and kind of narrowed down our our ideals on that. Um, I've been doing some of the challenges for the ideal clients that through the Entre Architect. I'm doing the website one this week, which I think I'm still three days behind on the homework. (laughs) Um, So trying to keep up with that one. (laughs) Um, So, and then we've been going through. Today, actually, we've been going through tweaking our website and trying to switch some things out based on the things we've learned. And uh, one of my mastermind groups yesterday, they took their like they've been talking about whether or not we need to start doing reviews of um, people's websites. And so we were the volunteer, and so we spent the hour in the mastermind critiquing our website. Okay. So okay. we're kind of going through a lot of that, what we think it should be from the information we've learned, and then we'll get 
experts involved to tell us that we were wrong on what we thought. <laughs> that, that's one of the Entree Architect Mastermind groups, right? Yes. That's, that one yesterday was the Legacy Mastermind. Okay. So it's for people transitioning for ownership on companies or planning to or that have gone through ownership transitions. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the challenge that we're running this week, it's the so for anybody out there, by the time you hear this, the challenge will be over, but it's the five days to build a website that works challenge. In our backstage on, um, I guess that was yesterday, we had Carolyn Lydon, who's a, another SEO um, expert. Her firm is called Search Hermit, and um, she she did a great job of helping us understand all the ins and outs and what we need to do now and what we probably should leave to an expert, et cetera. And she was this, a lot of people caught on to this. She was talking about, um, you know, SEO is her thing. Obviously Um, she does it for clients. She's got an entire company that, that uh, does SEO for clients. And she said, and and my web developer, so she hires out her all of her website stuff except for the SEO. So she, I, I I really appreciated her saying that because it's like, hey, I'm an expert in this, and I know I'm not an expert in this, so I hire somebody else to do it. And I think that's a really great lesson, especially for a lot of not not, not just architects, small business owners, but but I think it's especially um, uh, what's the word I want? It's especially Telling, maybe I don't know if that's the word I want, but there are a lot, a lot of architects, of course, that are experts in what they do, but also want to DIY other things. At the same time, being annoyed that people want to DIY architecture type stuff, and uh, so it was kind of refreshing to to hear somebody that's, hey, I'm an expert in in this much of the website piece of it, which is the SEO, and she leaves the the other to. Uh, to a different professional. Well, that's that's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. That's one thing that I kind of learned a couple years ago that I really do not know everything and I don't want to know everything and my brain can't handle knowing everything and there's people that know what I don't know and so I definitely need to take advantage of delegating um, and reaching that's out to those people. And I know first it was always well, do I have, can I afford to hire people to do this stuff for me? Is it really worth it? Am I going to be happy with what they do? And every time I've taken those things that I thought about doing myself and then hired out to them, I've never regretted it. Yeah. Well, it always seems to pay off and just the peace of mind of not having to do it myself and worrying about the time management. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Catherine, to your example with your assistant, I mean, hopefully you can trust your assistant. I mean, that's, that's obviously the goal of having an assistant, but you know, I would think about it as if I had to go and I've, I've used, like I said, I used to be on WordPress. I've, I've used uh, Yoast SEO before, but if I had to jump into that and, and, um, that's just this whole learning curve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how much time would I spend on that to, to learn it, relearn it, whatever, use it, uh, versus, hiring someone else and, and the value of it. So um, Yeah. But yeah. you know those people who call and this was something that came up this morning on Clubhouse as mm-hmm. well, but they either well, they mostly email these days, I guess, and say, well, I can help you with your SEO. I mean, mm-hmm. can they just as 
like copywriting would be one thing because that's a really specific. I think that it requires a certain level of skill to do the copywriting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying SEO doesn't require some skill, but is it is it possible to hire those people to the people who just randomly cold email you to do the SEO and then have other people help more with your content? Assuming they're less expensive, these people who are cold calling you. Um. I I I'm suspicious. Maybe I'm a suspicious person. If someone cold emails me about anything, frankly, so hear this: whoever sends me sixty emails a week, um, cold email me. I'm I'm not I'm not hiring those people. I would never cold email anybody about my services. Uh, yeah. It's just me. But um, I I would do. I would do my own search and research and and ask people for recommendations. Um, I, I'm not saying that those people aren't skilled or they can't do it or they're scams or anything. I'm just, that's that's not the way I roll. Um, I don't know them at all. In half of them, when they show up in my inbox and I click on it, uh, Google has tagged it as, as a potential spam, so... You know, if you're being tagged as as potential spam, and you're an SEO expert, yeah, it seems that doesn't to me say much so. about you, does it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Those I know, must I know work, that's or exactly people wouldn't same. keep doing it, right? I mean, I I wonder about that. I mean, they keep doing it. They keep doing it. They keep doing it. So somebody says yes, or they wouldn't keep well, doing it. Okay, but it's a it's a numbers game, though. If if I were going to do that. The way that I would do that would be to go to whatever email system I wanted to use, MailChimp or Infusionsoft or whatever, whatever your preferred email service provider is, I would start buying lists of potential clients because I get those emails every single day. Hey, do you want a list of of, uh, architects? No, I don't want a list of architects. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't either. Yeah, exactly. So, but but I would go out. I would buy lists, and I would pay someone to put them in the correct C was it CSV format? I think to upload into my Mailchimp or Infusionsoft or Salesforce or whatever, and I can I can automate the entire thing, and so it, it costs me nearly nothing to keep doing it, you know. And if it costs me nearly nothing to keep doing it. One or two victories is ROI. Yeah, but I'd like to talk to those one or two victories and wonder what are they, what are they thinking? And you need to make sure that whoever, if you're accepting those ones, that you're actually, they're the right person for you or knowledgeable in what you're doing or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. So my husband, couple year, yeah, my husband a couple of years ago started his own business as an electrical contractor and uh, he had gotten a cold call from a guy that, it's like, well, make sure your company's listed on every search browser and it's going to be on it and it'll be first on the list on all of it. And um, one of the guys that he knows that runs a restaurant said, oh, yeah, he had worked with that guy, too. And it worked out really good for them. So we're like, well, we had a referral that it worked out good for this other company. So we're like, OK, let's see how it goes. He got five people on his website in a year um, and paid a lot of money for those five people and none of those five turned actually into any work. So 
that was his first year in business to try and get his name out there. And they're like, yeah, you'll be in the yellow, like the actual print yellow pages too. And every website It's going to be Google and Yelp and all of the everything. And it didn't get any help whatsoever. Um, Sad story. Yes. Sad. So we, we kind of yeah. learned from that yeah. one. And that was our, a good lesson for starting the company that that was not the way to get the name out there. I think he did get one or two phone calls actually from having an ad in the yellow pages. So that he got more from that than he did from the website and having paying to be on the Google like ads and everything else. So I, I think that's another good argument for something that Brian said close to the end of the conversation tonight. Um, this isn't the way he said it, it's the way I'm interpreting it, but you know, you can, you can do a lot of these things yourself or you can create content and, uh, or, or, you know, someone in, inside your company type thing. It's, it's within the realm of something you could certainly handle. Um, and you know, th- those kind of, of things can move the needle. Now we didn't talk about the expectation, right? How long should this take? If I write an article today, how long is it going to be before someone calls? Well, there's probably no answer to that, but but it's it it is a long tail effort, most likely. But I, I think you know, especially if we're doing it in house and it's essentially an investment of time. I, I think it's uh, there are a lot of things that we can do at very low cost that have much much better promised ROI than answering one of these cold emails or whatever. Sorry for all those that send out cold emails. We're not trying to drag no, you here tonight. We are. We are trying to drag okay. you. Stop sending the cold emails. For heaven's sake. Do you, how many of our listeners do you think actually list, uh, actually send cold emails? I'm thinking probably I'm thinking not, not that many. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I know that I'm kind of maybe grouchy today, as I said this morning, but I do not want anybody looking me up on the internet and then calling me that way. Like I, I want people to be referred to me because I, that kind of helps them come in pre-qualified a little bit. So I, I haven't written it down lately, but I'll have to go through the however many leads I had over the last year. You know, so let's say I have 50 leads and then I get 25 projects, let's say. And then how many of those, like, what was the... What was the balance of mm-hmm. people from the internet? I took all the content off my website, so and including my phone number. So I'm hoping, kind of maybe putting the vibe out that just don't call me. How about that? <laughs> but your goal, your yes, goal. Yes, I know is, my goal should be attracting the perfect client. Yeah, but right but, now I'm not. Yeah, and, and your your goal is to is to change the quality of clients. Is that? Is I'm that trying right? to stem. I'm trying to stem the bleeding. I'm just trying to get it all to stop for a while so I can catch up. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, live yeah. live a, a more balanced life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think one thing that Brian said, and it's a, another argument for having the right content on your website is that when uh, when someone refers someone to you, that word of mouth thing, that person that's being referred to you is still going to your website. Yeah. And and so it's, um, and we've been talking about this in the challenge this week too, it's 
if the wrong people are showing up, it, coming coming through the website and showing up, then there's probably a problem with our messaging on the website. We've got we've got some things to uh, to tweak. Although one thing Amy Baker said this morning on Clubhouse that I thought was fascinating was so a little background on Amy Baker. She's in Michigan. She does she's a works mainly on commercial projects and uh, does a lot of spec writing for other architects. And she says she gets, she has a, a special phone number set up. It's probably a Google voice number or something like that. That is the number on her website. And she says invariably the vast majority of the, the voicemails she gets are for people looking for someone to design a home. And it says right on her, her, uh, um, on her website, and you can see this in the preview. I Googled it while we were talking this morning. You can see this in the preview. It doesn't say it in the, the page title, but in the preview of the content on the website, it says she's a commercial architect. And, you know, I think that's a f- pretty fascinating uh, example because I think we can assume that that means that people are either not actually clicking through to her website and seeing that, you know, hey, Amy's a commercial architect, or, well, I guess this is the same thing, or they're just looking at the phone number, you know, when she comes up on Google and just, you know, straight Mm -hmm. calling her from there. So either way, they're not, I assume they're not reading unless they don't know what commercial architect means. Maybe, Maybe that's a language problem. I don't know. We haven't had too many that have gone through our website that we've had issues with. Um, but I know several months ago I took in, um, kind of got onto the Yelp business page and set that up with our information properly in our Google page. And then all of a sudden, and, and it says on there that we do commercial architecture. It says that we specialize in fuel projects and stuff like that. And every contact we got after that or within shortly after that was all for residential. Um, and so it was people just like, oh, it's an architect and click. Yeah, I think my information on those because we were just opening up and putting information on there. It was getting us completely wrong. People Mm. came through. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a broad lesson to learn there. So the, the suggestion I had for Amy is we were kind of kicking that around for a little bit this morning and. And, you know, my, my thought was, well, what about just changing what your voicemail says? It says, hey, I don't, I don't do houses. You put it a different way, but maybe, maybe that's the really yeah, analog that's answer to point. that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's better to keep it very clear like that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, if they're going to your website or Yelp or whatever, not, not actually reading it or comprehending what, you know, the more I think of it, what, is, what does commercial architect mean in layman's terms? You know, do they equate yeah. that with like being a real architect or being a professional architect? Maybe, maybe there's money. a language disconnect there. Yeah. yeah. yeah we see, I, I seem to find that anybody that gets to our website and then calls us and says they've looked at our website are people that are actually in our niche that are looking for our services, which is a good thing. So it does seem to filter out the rest of the people and I it's in most of the people that I think look at our website are that during the time we've been hiring. Um, and so potential hires will look at it and get interested in that type of, in our company based on that. 
but it does seem to filter out quite a bit. I think that we're not getting too many calls outside of our market. Um, but I think, I don't think our website really gets used that much, even within our market. And I don't know how visible we are to it. So I think that's one of the things that I need to work on more of is how to make it where what I'm doing is actually showing being seen by the people that we want it to be seen by. Um, and I know I talked to Brian previously about the content creation and some of that and using whether I should be doing some of that and doing blog posts or something on our website or even our social media to try and show that we can be that trusted advisor in our knowledge base. And that I do spend a lot of time keeping up with kind of what the future trend, current trends are and future trends of the industry and do a lot of research on it so I can stay on top of what's going on. And so to be able to show that we can do that um, and that we can provide that service. And then with transitioning, I needed to be able to show that that 50 years that Zig had into the company and all of his expertise is not really gone. And I've been, I joined him 18 years ago. So I have 18 years in the fuel industry learning from him. So I need to make sure we're portraying that that knowledge base is not leaving with the transition and that we still have that expertise here. Um, and I don't think we're re- really showing that anywhere at this point. I think that that's a really important point. Um, so someone during Context and Clarity Live, I think it showed up as Facebook user, uh, so I don't know who it was, but they said something to the effect that they realized that what was on their website should be designed or, or written for um, new prospects, not for their um, their repeat clients or their referral clients, because those were already coming via word of mouth. Uh, so the website just becomes reinforcement for that referral, but it should be designed for for cold leads perhaps they didn't say it that way but but um people they didn't know and i thought that was that was a really really smart comment yeah so yeah, that's kind of the process we're kind of getting through now where i think we've done enough work or figuring out who our identity is as we're transitioning but now we need to make sure how to portray that out as a public image yeah yeah that makes sense you know the the point that uh, you know your website is is for whoever that is for that ideal client. That's an important important point, and that you know the SEO is for the uh, ideal client. The contents for the ideal client is um, you know, we've been sort of been immersed in this with with all of these context and clarity topics all week, and then um, and then this challenge that we've got. Coincidentally, running at the same time on on uh, websites for architects, it's, it's a lot of a lot of information about it this week. Well, well Nicole, oh, sorry, go ahead, Catherine. Well, I was gonna say it's been a lot of information about SEO, and still, like, I don't really, you know, I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't really know what Brian does exactly, so I don't. I'd be interested to hear from you, Nicole. What happens? I mean, Hopefully I know that he makes brings... people write blog posts, but does he <laughs> then also do the backstage stuff, or does he go through your website and try to show you how it's not tailored to your 
ideal client. Anyway. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it does help bringing some of those clients to our website that aren't currently going there and see if we do start getting some of that, see that effect coming in. And hopefully not see all of the people that I want to do my residential remodel for a gas station architect website. <laughs> was it was it the Brady Bunch movie where Mike Brady he he designed the house that the Brady Bunch lived in and then every design he did uh in the Brady Bunch movie looked just like the house and I think he did a gas station that looked like the Brady Bunch house. I just remember the one that was like a powder puff. A oh, design uh, that yes. he had made for some probably. I'm still trying to figure board. out I'm still trying to figure out how he managed to support six kids and have a live in maid. I have no kids and no live in maid on an architect's salary. So Well, that was but I guess if days. he didn't have to do any work and he could just resell that same design over and over again, that's a good start. A good start to it. Yeah, I think I think Mrs. Brady brought some money to the marriage. I think that's the way it has to go, right? <laughs> I screwed that one up then. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> well, in our in our next episode of Contest of Thirty Live, we'll be talking to Mike Brady. <laughs> That'll be nice. Is he alive? That guy? I think he's gone. Mm, I think he's gone. Yeah. Hmm. We'll never be able to figure out his tricks. Well. We'll have to uh, we'll have to do some investigation to figure it out. Well, Nicole, we really appreciate you coming backstage and context and clarity li- or context and clarity backstage with us. Um, I really enjoy these little breakdown sessions and figuring out what people took away from these conversations. Of course, we thank Brian McCartney for joining us for context and clarity live. But uh, but Nicole, thanks for sharing. What what you're working on and what you learned from this, and um, maybe we'll get to hear what uh, what you uh, learned from Brian after you have your uh, have your call with him. So, thanks for this. Good luck with everything you're working on and the the website as well as the business. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk to you again soon, Catherine. Thanks for spending another hour with me on these context and clarity conversations. Oh, I always love spending hours with you, Jeff. <laughs> I don't even know that I enjoy spending hours with me. So thank you for being so kind. Um, and to all of you out there that are listening in the future to this Context and Clarity Backstage, we appreciate you. We thank you for listening. You probably showed up for Context and Clarity Live, so we thank you for that as well. And we'll be back to Context and Clarity Live next week with a brand new guest and a brand new uh, topic. It'll be risk management next week for architects so we uh, check us out thursday at 4 p.m eastern on uh twitch on youtube in the entree architect youtube channel uh on linkedin and in the entree architect community facebook group as always simulcast to all of those places and if you're interested in these in these topics we're on the clubhouse app every morning at 9 a.m eastern with our Context and Clarity 30-Minute Coffee Talks as well. So lots of places to do Context and Clarity. Um, all, all conversations revolving around finding clarity for the topics that matter most to you, the architect. So thanks again for joining us. 
and uh, hope that I'll see you around sometime somewhere soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right. Very good. Thank you. Did you know, can I just tell you one thing that I did not bring up? But uh, what's her name? What was um, the housekeeper's name? Alice. Alice. Alice was 45 years old in that show. Alice. Yeah. Yeah, she was 45. Well, when I was a kid, I thought she was just <laughs> super old. And she was like, she had that butcher chasing her. And she was like, her life was over. Right? She was old and washed up. And the older we get, the younger all those ages seem. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. but objectively, it's not even me. 45 is not as old as I thought Alice was. Yeah. It's okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I just found this out a couple days ago, though, so it's fresh for me. So you've been studying Brady Bunch? No, I mean, I lived it. That is something I did watch on, on TV. But I saw, there was this person on TikTok, and she puts hair onto people from the old days. What? She photoshops long hair, like oh. hair that a modern 46-year-old person, woman, would have. And so it just changes their their whole look. I'll, I'll have to find it and send it to you, Jeff. I, and you too, Nicole, if you want to see it. I, I, that actually helps me understand a little bit, I think, because I think probably, you know, our, what are those sayings like? 50 is the new 40 or you know that type of thing what you call those sayings but yeah yeah so yeah i I could see the point at 45 a 2021 45 year old probably is a much younger image than a what Hmm. year would that have been 1968 9 70 something like that than a Oh, for sure, yes. Yeah. yeah, so there's this woman on, on uh, TikTok who who tries to see what they would like and look like if they were wearing, having current contemporary styles. styling. Yeah. Hmm. And they just had a different style back then. It was like you went old lady really early in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, she wore the blue maid's uniform and yeah. for most, most of the I know, show. She I mean, wasn't trying too hard, I know, but I'm just saying that she, if she, I, I'll just send it to you, Jeff. Yeah, by the, I can give it another 20, 30 years. Although at this point, that was what, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. 40 years ago for that. So I by then, the lifespan of people with medicines and everything like that is probably going to get longer, that they're probably going to be like 80 year olds. It's going to be like the new 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know about that. <laughs> 70 is the new 30. But I did read that you're not old until you're 65. No, no, no. You're still middle aged. I can't remember, but you know, I was just relieved to know that I'm middle aged, um, young still. Not only am I not old, I am still young. You're not old. I know an eighty three year old that has more energy than I do. So I know. I know. It can happen. Just a matter of time passed on this earth, I guess. Yeah. My uh I gotta go. All right, bye. I'm gonna get in trouble. (laughs) Bye Nicole. Bye Jeff. Thank you. Bye Catherine. Bye Nicole. All right, well, now you know what we thought and what we're going to do with what we learned. But what did you think? What did we miss? I really hope that there was some big takeaway from the Context and Clarity Live conversation or from our breakdown right here that will help you with your business. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter and let me know what your takeaways were. You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, 
subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast, and leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us to get the message out and help us to help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well. There you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine and I will host Context and Clarity live again with a new special guest and a new theme for next week. There's always something new to look forward to. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment. And it's also the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And finally, if the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics just like this and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.